Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Let's get it started in here. And the bass keeps running, running, and running. Five seconds left in the game. You believe in Context, there's no disrespect, so when I bust my rhyme, you break your necks. We got five minutes for us to disconnect. All of it is on the field. We're going to get the mission. We're Let's get it started. Let's get it started. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the opening line. We are your hosts, Wits and Roz. It is Masters Week, so we brought back our golf friend, part of the Sobel Trifecta, Jared Rubin. Rube, how you doing today? Doing great. Happy Masters week. Finally here. Six Happy. months delayed, but we're here. Six months delayed, and we're going to get two Masters within a six-month period, so that's amazing. Wits, how are you today, big guy? You're one in eight, so at least you're probably trying to find the positives elsewhere in the world. <laughs> you know what? It's funny you bring that up. I am one in eight. Uh, fantasy is not going well, but our picks on the show, uh, they had picking 70% against the spread, so we'll, we'll get to that later. Um, but I know Roz had to throw that dig at me because his picks stink. But let's let's save the NFL and let's let's get to the Masters. It's Christmas Bruce, Day I, right can, now. Can you can you hear him? Something about not climbing high enough on this mountain. Rube, can you uh, hear him? You're gonna wait till you're gonna wait till now for the comment. Rube, is he couldn't pull the trigger earlier in the year? Rube, I know I should like I shouldn't have waited this long because now I definitely can't hear him. He's so far down that mountain. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, you got a bad year. A nice, uh, are we sure they're a good game in uh, in week ten between Mr. Rose and Mr. Roz here and myself this week? Hey, see you took down goes. Wits last week. Both of us have done it. I lost you earlier, admittedly, in the season when you actually had running backs in the team, um, but now you play the backup gang and you got Duke hey, Johnson and Mike Davis. I got, um, got a hell of a lot more than you thought I'd have. It's uh, pretty atrocious, but I'm glad you sent Wits. Uh, back down the mountain. He won't be one of those people who die on Mount St. Helen. Um, but uh, I, no, Mount Everest Already, is the one. It's, it's okay. 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 Just, just, just because I know well, it's come. Wait. Yeah, what, I mean, what are you serving? What are you serving for the champions in, yeah. in the master spirit? What are you serving for the champions dinner next week over Thanksgiving? <laughs> Whatever you want, Rube. Be me, you, and two other party, guys. Party of party of four. Party of four, not including Roz. So. Uh, but you, you take that, E. We'll see you on Wild Card Weekend for an early first round exit, like y'all. I heard. Do. I heard seniors grilling up steaks for the champions dinner. <laughs> yeah, using my own dad against me. This would be that'd be hilarious. Only if you could swing it. Only if there wasn't COVID. Um, but there is COVID, and unfortunately, right. we can do it. We can do it next year. You still won't be there. Maybe yeah. we'll bring Thomas along for the champions, right? <laughs> yeah, that that would be a dream. All right, before we get into the Masters, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back after this, everybody. Well, I 
think you've heard plenty about uh, our fantasy football league, but let's tell you where we go to try to make our money elsewhere. This is my favorite place to go, and that is betonline.ag. The NFL season is in full swing, and you know that my Packer love is an all-time high, even coming off of the loss. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. Um, I got to tell you, we've been there often. We're at their tables playing casino games as well as making our bets. Um, one of the best betting li- websites on the internet. From game spreads and totals to team players and coach coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. Again, you can find Wits and I there. We are the old men who will never leave the table. So head on over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that is betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sports book, sports book experts. Woo woo! And we're back. Uh, the roasting will continue. Um, it's only natural when you just have to take a summer of fantasy beating from somebody on the other side here. And just to see him be where he is, it's fantastic. Anyways, Masters weekend. We put aside our animosity in our fantasy football league for just a minute so we can talk about the greatest golf spectacle there is, and that is the Masters. And as Rube alluded to earlier in the show, it is in November this year. What a wild time to be alive. Um, Lots of gambling. If you haven't been on Bovada, DraftKings, FanDuel, there are pretty much any bet you can think of. Like, who, which golfer is going to be the next to get a blowjob is even an option on there. So, literally anything is available. Um, and Wits, to keep it in the same fashion, we're going to go with you to... or We're going to use you to pick the first-round leaders here. I know it's more of a committee this week. But, Rube, we're going to start with you for some winners, top 10s, top 20s. And if you want to hold off on those, give us what you're just doing day one of the Masters. Yeah, so I'm sticking more to first-round bets to start with here, but I'll give you one, a couple plays that I like. Um, for winners, I am on Justin Thomas at the top of the board, but if we go down a little bit, I do like Scotty Scheffler. Get him at about 65 to 70 to 1. Showed good form ever since he's been on tour. Um, first-timer at the Masters, which doesn't normally go that well, but I like his game. I think he's got... A good shot and good price down at 65, 70 to one there. Um, top 10. I'm going to go back to the well with Webb Simpson again. Kind of always on him for top 10 plays. Just very consistent. Doesn't make a lot of bogeys. And I feel like Augusta National, you got to play it pretty close to the belt sometimes. Um, I think he can get around the course pretty well. So I'll stick with him. And then my one top 20, I'm going to go back to my ball striking friend, Corey Connors, who has let me down many times in the past, but did actually cash for me, I'd say, two weeks ago. Um, hits the ball as good as anyone out there. If he can putt average, he's got a good chance to be um, up near the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, um, going off of that, I'm with you on JT, putting three units on JT to win it. I'm also going to go back to the well. With a man who is already in the Sobel Hall of Fame, Jason Kokrak, at 100 to 1. So you can get $10 to win 1000 on him. Um, and Wiss is going to get into this, but we're actually going to, we already have our live bet ideas. Who we're looking, where we're looking to see them fall, maybe in that 25 to 1 range. 
we'd love to see kind of Rom or Shoffley get into that part of the part of the gambling sphere. Um, so those guys are on our live bet trackers. We've done this before and haven't told you guys about it. Mostly we're chasing Rom when we're doing this. Um, I have Siwoo for a top 20. I have Connors as well, Kisner for top 20. And then you guys told me to do Bubba. I'm not going to hop on that one. But Rube, you kind of convinced me to go Webb Simpson here um, in the top 10. Wits, before you do FRLs, um, feel free to give your master's takes and picks especially if they're skewed from ours yeah um, we've got some of the same picks um and just kind of a general rule of thumb i know this is a gambling show so kind of a little gambling education um you know obviously if i if i could take one guy it's it's hard for me to go anywhere but john rom um i love the form that he's in and he's i think he is the best golfer in the world but i do love rube's pick of jt um, and where I guess I stray a little bit away from those guys, like you mentioned, Roz, uh, I'm, I'm looking to get them at a little better price. Cause I think it all comes down to, you know, if we strip away all the odds, obviously I think I'd go with John Rahm or JT, but I'm looking for what I think is the most valuable play. Um, and I've got two guys that I'm going to bet free tournament right now. And those are both, uh, bubble Watson and Tony Finau. Now oh. the first guy, uh, all right, yeah, get get all your get all your hate out now. Well, I'm gonna wait till you talk about Tony Finau, but yeah, you heard the the pre uh Yeah, so we got pre a pre uh Um so Bubba, pretty self explanatory here. He's a two time masters champion. Um he's a guy who's coming in with really good form. And I think one thing that's gonna benefit Bubba this week, probably more than anybody, is actually not having the fans there. I know it's going to be a really different spectacle, but Bubba has been a guy throughout his career. Um, you know, he's had his ups and downs. He's he's had his struggles, and I think he's a guy who actually plays better without people there. Now, it might be hard to believe he's already won two Masters, but I think this course sets up really well for him. He's playing really well right now. One of the longest hitters on tour. So, you know, if he can putt, you know, we're, we're always looking for the guy who can putt during any given weekend. He's uh, a guy that I really like, and then. Tony Finau, uh, if we're looking at stats, stroke gain stats across the board, he's near the top of a lot of lists, but the only problem is that he hasn't won yet. Wait, wait, wait. And there should be another list he's near the top of. How about, how about three putts? I would love to see that stat. I feel like Tony Finau might be leading the charge there. Yeah, we need a Tony three putts to turn into Tony one putt this weekend. Uh, but, I mean, in terms of talent, I, I think you could put him in the top five, but he just he really hasn't won yet. But I think it's going to happen eventually, and uh, I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on him at 33 to one. Um, I think you can find him on DraftKings at 33. So those are the two guys, and then live bets: uh, JT Rom and Xander Schauffele is a guy that you're really not hearing much about this week with all the big names on there. So I, I kind of wanted to get your guys' take on you know where do you see uh, Schauffele. It's weird to say my own first name talking about a guy. Uh, where do you guys see him playing out this weekend? You can take this one, Rube. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's kind of flying a little bit under the radar just because I feel like his last start wasn't that good. Um, I think it was uh, at the Zozo when Cantley won. Um, Shoffley had kind of a down week. But that was only one week after him finishing, I think, second to Jason Kokrak. So it's not like he's playing bad recently. Um, but 
I do just kind of lean towards some of these guys that have a little bit more firepower kind of off the tee, the, the JTs, the Rams of the world. It's not that Shoffley's short off the tee, but um, doesn't quite get it out there as far as those guys. And with Augusta National playing up to 7,500 yards, it's a pretty long golf course. I think um, distance is important. Um, we're not, it's not the end all be all. That's why we're not taking Bryson here, but um, it is important enough. And I think that kind of leans me towards those guys a little bit if we're in the 10 to 20 to one range. Yeah, I like Shoffley too. Like you said, I understand in the one can't lay one at the Zozo, he wasn't really in contention, but he didn't play bad golf per se. Just there was better golf ahead of him. Um, and he did finish second, one bad hole kind of on that back stretch or the back nine on Sunday and he was right there for the W um talk about a guy who you're saying about fee now I, I think it's time for Shaw play I think he's gonna earn his first major in what could be a two major season for him I know technically this will count on the last season but since we're getting six majors here in about the next six months I'm uh I'm gonna say that Shoffley's gonna run a couple of them so I like Shoffley also as a live bet. To be honest, I was probably going to put money on him tonight anyways. That's just naturally what I will do. Um, but Wits, we're at the first round leaders. And actually, I was thinking about it while we were doing this conversation. Because we actually combined for these first round leaders, I think we can say the ones we took only because I don't think... Yeah, I'm not taking one of the ones Rube has suggested just because... I don't believe in it, um, but I went with Kokrak at sixty to one and Cameron Smith at fifty to one. I also like Cameron Smith in a lot of my lineups, which I think we're going to do after this. We're going to talk about some DraftKings and FanDuel lineups just to help you out. You get six golfers, try to get the best score total. Obviously, if you've done that before, but those are my two first round leaders that I'm adding on top of the ones you guys have selected. Wits, I'll let you rip yours that you gave to us as well. Yeah. So the. Uh... The first guy I'm looking at is uh, has been a popular name on the show. It's, it's Abraham Answer, and I, I have him as is one of my best bets of the week for a top 30. Now you might say, you know, only beating, you know, 50 guys in the field shouldn't be that hard. But you know, plus 150, I think you're getting some good value there. And Abe Answer has has always been a guy who knows how to come out hot. And I think I think it might just happen this week. It's 66 to one. I think you're getting a really good price on him at DraftKings for a first-round leader, and he's is always a guy who strikes the ball really well. So I like him at 66. And then we're going to go a little farther down here. Uh, I'm taking a former Masters champion in Zach Johnson at 80-1. to 1. Uh, Rube actually said something really funny today, uh, talking about Bryson possibly winning, that him and Zach Johnson could be hitting wedge in every par five. Uh, but Zach Johnson was actually laying up in every par five when he won the Masters. Um, but Zach Johnson's a guy, I think, at 80-1, to 1, former champion, uh, still is a guy who can get hot. I mean, not to say that he's up there all the time, but he can put together quite a nice round. And I, I think at that price, taking a flyer on him, those are the two guys I think give you some of the best value here for a first-round leader play, which is, I would say, largely variable. Uh, you know, there's, there's not a ton. Of, I mean, we can do all the research we want, but it is one round of golf. And I think these two guys give us our best money's worth. Um, so those, those were my two that I sprinkled on on top of what Roz said as well. Yeah, and I got a couple more here. Again, Xander said these are pretty variable, but you kind of like to look for guys that can really get hot with the putter. Um, two of those guys here that I'm looking at are Sebastian Munoz, who is 
gotten us a couple of times before this year with some big first rounds. Um, so hopefully we're on the right side of that um, for this tournament. And then a guy that has not come up on, I think, any of our lists this year for anything is uh, former Masters champion Jordan Spieth, who obviously is a shell of his former self, but has actually shown some flashes recently of a little bit of form relative to where he was at. And Spieth knows Augusta National as well as anyone else here does. So kind of hoping to strike a fine lightning here um, on the first day. Um, we'll see. I don't think he's going to contend to win this thing, but I could see him throwing one good round out there, and we're hoping it's going to be on day one. Yeah, and that's the Sobel pick, so we always got to go with Sobel here. Sobel also put on an article with 90-something bets. Feel free to go over there and rip some of them as well. It's our boy. Um, I know I didn't prepare you guys for this, but I want you guys to do this anyways. I want you guys to go. I don't Have you guys done your DraftKings lineups yet? Yeah. Yep. Perfect. I want you guys to pull up your lineups for tomorrow. I've got seven of them, and I want you to pick at least two of your favorite of the lineups because I know, which you probably got near 50. Rube, you're probably batting in the double digits as well, and I'm at a mere seven. But I just put together a lineup that I was uh, – I was feeling pretty sexy about um, not too long ago. Obviously, somebody who's consistent through all of mine is JT or John Rahm. Um, I got Shoffley bouncing around a little bit of it. Um, but I got one that I found interesting. I did Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, Corey Connors, Paul Casey, Matthew Fitzpatrick, and Jason Kokrak. I think that's a dangerous lineup. Um, you got a lot of value there. A lot of guys who are there to compete. Um, that's one of my two favorite lineups. I don't know about you guys. Um, but I'll let you guys take it away for some of your favorite lineups you've built on the DraftKings site. Yeah, so I'll, uh, I guess I'll go with my, my biggest lineup. Um, you know, I do a combination of the, the 20 entry $3 tournaments, and then uh, I'm doing a couple single entries. Um, so I'll go with my, my biggest lineup in the single entry. I, I locked John Rahm into, I, I think about 80% of my lineups, you know, I, I always like to lock one guy who I think is going to perform the best, you know, regardless of ownership, regardless of price. And John Rahm, you know, pro probably being my, my favorite player and also what I think is the best player in the world. Um, he's a lock in a lot of my lineups. So he'll start off um, part one of my biggest single entry lineup. And then next on the list, I'm going with Shawplay uh, for two reasons here. You know, one, I really like the game. He's a guy who doesn't really seem to falter that much. You know, he's very steady, and, and like Rube said, doesn't seem like he has a ton of firepower, but I would say in terms of consistency, I think he, he is one of the best players in the world. There's no doubt about that, and a top-five finish um, I think would definitely be in the cards this week. And then third, uh, Patrick Reed, uh, the tour villain, if we're going to compare him uh, up there with a guy like Bryson. Patrick Reed is a guy who I think if he brings his best stuff, might be wearing another green jacket. Uh, you know, I love the, the ownership prospect here. Um, Patrick Reed is also the best scrambler in the world. So there, there's something to be said about a guy who can play well when he doesn't have his best stuff. And then so those are three pretty pricey guys. And then going on the other side of things, Corey Connors, we've talked about a lot. Rube and Roz, uh, love the ball striking. If he can make some putts, he's going to be up there. And then I'm going with uh, a couple of young guys here, Cameron Champ. Um, if we're looking at guys who can really hammer it off the tee, Cameron Champ uh, definitely is near the top of that list, so I like him. And then I think this is a guy who can make or break this lineup, and it is JT Poston. 
I think Poston is going to be relatively low owned in terms of his price this week. And we've seen a lot of flashes of brilliance from this JT. And I think this week he might just put a few things together. And if he can finish top 20, top 15, this is a lineup that, you know, that I really like in a single entry tournament where I've got a couple who are going to be low owned, I think, in my opinion. And then I've also got a guy who I think is going to win in John Rahm. So I would go with that for my, uh, my top lineup right now. Yeah, I'll take a look at uh, this one here. So it's got a few different ones, but start at the top with uh, Justin Thomas, who I've mentioned earlier. Um, I think he's my guy who I think has the best chance to win. So I'm going to start with him at the top here. If we go down the list, um, I've got Adam Scott as kind of a contrarian play here. Um, I don't think the ownership will be that high on him. He's got good history at Augusta. Um, form isn't great right now, but playing tournaments, kind of looking for some of those low ownership guys. I think he could fit the bill there. Um, kind of going the other direction here, two guys that I think might have a little bit higher ownership are Hideki and Jason Kokrak. Um, but I think you're getting good value um, for the, the price that they're at. And they're both playing well recently. And a couple flyers down the board here. Um, Sebastian Munoz, who we mentioned earlier, uh, played pretty well this year. I think at $6,700, um, he's worth a look. And then Eric Van Royen will round out my lineup. Um, the South African who well, – I love it. The jogger, the jogger man. Um, has some questionable outfits on the course, but um, played okay recently. Um, kind of rounding out the lineup, I'm cool with blocking him in. Yeah, and Rube brings up a good point there. You know, if we're playing in these big tournaments – I think one of the things that you want to look for is some form of, of being contrarian, right? Going against the grain a little bit. And I really love Rube's Adam Scott play. Um, you know, just looking at a guy who really isn't in the best of form right now and might be priced a little bit higher than how he's played recently. But, you know, if he does happen to play well and not a lot of guys have him, that's just another bonus for the lineup. And I, I like Munoz a lot as well. Um, another guy that I'm looking at that we actually haven't mentioned today in some lineups is, is Kevin Kisner as well. Not only does he throw in hammers on the course like Pat Perez, uh, he's also a guy who can get pretty hot. So I think having him in a few lineups, um, a top 20 finishes and out of the cards for him. Yeah. One other interesting name to throw out there, um, just to consider for this week is Francesco Molinari. He's kind of had more or less a pretty shitty run since his uh his uh master's bid came up short to tiger last year but he was up to number five in the world um a year ago uh he actually played pretty well last week at houston which was his first start back i believe um since the restart and being priced down at 6700 lower than an eric man Royan at the same price as sebastian munoz um could be worth a look well that is 20 minutes of Masters talk for you guys. There's going to be a lot of bets along the way. I wish Tally site would let you guys see us do it. Um, but that's the Masters. We're hoping rain holds and that tomorrow we get to see some of the best golfers in the world take on the most beautiful course in the world. But let's jump off of that because our weeks are only completed with golf and football. We must talk about last week. Last week, the Packers... Um, obviously got another W. They look fantastic. They are 
number one in the NFC. There's a lot going on in the NFL, but I just want to reiterate that the Packers are looking like the best team in the NFL, regardless of what any other person's opinion is. Wits, you had a great week. I will open up with saying that I went one and four, and I apologize to anybody who's looking at my tally site because this does not represent who I am as a better. Um, and Wits, I'm sure we'll get into that in a second. I did not cover Houston, which was the biggest joke. I'm on the phone with Rube last week. The Jaguars are driving down there. I'm like, I know Texas is going to give this up. They're up eight right now. They do give up the touchdown because they're a load of baloney, that whole team. And then don't get the two-point conversion. I don't end up covering. And I promised I would never go back to the Houston well. I did, and it didn't work out. Um, Pittsburgh, minus 13.5. Other than the fact that I was rooting for the Cowboys to somehow win that game, um, they let me down. It wasn't even close. I think that speaks volumes about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Watch out, especially with no Big Ben this week um, going up against the Bengals. Um, but I think that speaks volumes. I don't think the Steelers are a true 8-0 team or 9-0, whatever the fuck they are. Uh, Chargers minus one and a half. That's just a heartbreaker. You know, I was in the place at the right time and they just couldn't catch the ball at the end. Um, throwing two jump balls to a third string tight end. Never really the best idea, but Justin Herbert looks good. So we're going to keep, we're going to keep betting on the Chargers as long as they're around. And then the Patriots along with a myriad of other disasters in the NFL that I see week in and week out. I mean, we survived our survivor pool taking them, but boy, was that tough to watch. And Cam is arguably one of the worst passers in the NFL these days. Um, he was great. We understand that. He was an MVP, went to a Super Bowl. But uh, I think the ship has sailed, as they would say. Um, same for Bill Belichick. Um, doesn't look good there. Their defense looks awful. Their offense has no no fluidity, fluidity to it. Jesus. Um, and then the only one I got was the one that feels the best. That's the Titans smoking down the Bears. The Bears, who have now lost three in a row, couldn't be happier about that. One and four, I promise a five and oh a week. Wits, any takeaways from uh, week nine? Yeah, I got I got a few takeaways. Uh, first, you know, let, let's get this out of the way. The Bears are, they're who we thought they were. The Bears they're, are who we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. Yeah, the, the Bears are atrocious david montgomery basically single-handedly cost me my last gasp at <laughs> fantasy rugby. um it's got it's got a little tight at the end here i mean i know Roz and i were on the titans uh minus six and a half so at the end of the day it doesn't matter how they do it they did end up covering but the bears with with two late touchdowns uh, almost make this one interesting again um Looking around the rest of the league, it was a nice uh, – a little money line underdog parlay that got ruined. Uh, I guess who? The Chargers. Again, the goal line fades when you have Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, Mike Williams. Uh, well, let's just throw it up to a guy whose name I've never heard of before on third and fourth down. Um, definitely not what you want to see, but not what you would not expect, if that makes any sense, from Anthony Lynn, uh, who continues to be – I think a guy who, whose seat is just getting so hot, I, they, they've got to let him go. Uh, this is ridiculous. The Chargers, I think, should be have at least five wins, not six or seven. But that was a, a pretty brutal loss there. Um, the Steelers, this is this is a team that I want to talk about a little bit here. I want to get Rube's opinion. You know, they are 8-0. They did come back and beat the Cowboys. But I'm, I'm a little worried here, not about the defense, but the offense in Pittsburgh group, 
I don't are they still a Super Bowl contender with you know this lack of production on the offensive side of the ball? I'm I'm just I'm really curious to get your take. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, with a with Patrick Mahomes in the conference, it's it's tough to pick against the Steelers, but I am still actually a fairly positive outlook on the Steelers. Um, I think they can really slow the game down um, and and kind of take the Chiefs out of their element a little bit. And with a healthy Roethlisberger, I mean, I don't really care how old he is or what injuries he has. He's on the field. Um, he is a competitive quarterback. Uh, I can keep his team in the game. Um, it was a, kind of a fluke game, I think, against the Cowboys. I mean, it happens. Not everyone's going to play a good game every week, but, but I do think the Steelers, I think, I mean, maybe a little bit ahead of themselves being undefeated here, but um, if they can get home field in the playoffs um, and have the Chiefs come to them, Ravens come to them, whoever it may be, um, I think they still have got a pretty good shot to go to the Super Bowl. Now, I would still take the Chiefs over them, but I um, still kind of have a pretty good outlook on them, in my opinion. Yeah, and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens here. Uh, you know, it's, it's always nice being 8-0, and... I mean, the the way the Cowboys, I don't care that they're one of the worst teams in the league. The way they lost that game, it was <laughs> it, it was pretty hilarious uh, in very Cowboys-like fashion. But just a couple more notes around the league. Tua moves to 2-0 and in uh, what was a, a pretty damn good game. The, the afternoon slate on Sunday was a bunch of good games. They take down the Cardinals 34-31. A little bit of a head-scratcher by Cliff Kingsbury, kicking the 49-yarder on 4th and 1, um, which actually came up short, which was kind of disappointing um and then the saints bucks really not much else to say besides the bucks are going to throw that tape away and uh never look at it again that was an absolute blowout and uh that, that kind of sums up the week um looking at i think my best bet of the week was the vikings uh you know we told you kirk cousins against man coverage is actually a pretty good quarterback and they uh handedly beat the lions 34 20 but other than that Roz, i think that uh that sums up the week. Kind of covered all the good games, and we'll, uh, we'll move on to Week 10. Well, since we're just moving on, and you clearly are the uh, pick maestro this year, how about you lead off with your five picks for this week? Because that's what the people are here for. They want to hear your winning picks, Mr. Uh, 70%. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a tough, tough name to live up to, but I'll rattle them off real quick. And I'm going to get my least favorite pick out of the way first, because I'm going back to the Los Angeles Chargers, plus two and a half on the road against the Miami Dolphins. I think straight up the Chargers are a half a point to a point better than the Dolphins, but I think a little bit of recency bias here with the Dolphins winning two in a row, the Chargers finding another way to lose a football game. But I think Justin Herbert, I think they get out to an early lead in this one. And I think Tua has some struggles against this Chargers defense. I know that they were down Joey Bosa last week, um, but with getting Melvin Ingram back uh, a couple weeks ago, I think this Chargers team is definitely better than two and six. At a certain point, you are what your record says you are. But I do like them plus two and a half. I like the Redskins now who are going to be led by Alex Smith, who's in line for the comeback player of the year uh, on the road against Detroit. I like Cleveland minus three against the Texans. The lack of pass rush, along with Nick Chubb coming back this week. Texans have the worst rush defense in the league. And I think the Browns, this is one of the games that makes you think, you know, the Browns might be a good football team. Um, I don't think they're that great, but I do like a minus three. I like Baltimore laying the seven against the Patriots. 
you know, like Roz said before, Patriots just aren't good this year on either side of the ball. And the fact that they have the best rush defense in the league against a Cam Newton-led passing attack, I mean, I don't know if there's enough points that Baltimore could lay here. Even though they haven't looked that great on offense recently, the Patriots just aren't very good. And I do like the Ravens to win this game by two scores. And uh, my last pick of the week, um, also a little bit of recency bias here, but I'm going to take the Seahawks plus one and a half on the road against the Rams. Uh, One of my favorite trends in the NFL this year is road underdogs coming off of a loss. Uh, The Seahawks fit the bill. Russell Wilson against the spread is one of the more profitable quarterbacks in the NFL. So I don't think he comes out and makes as many mistakes as he did against the Bills last week. And I like the Seahawks to win straight up. And, uh, yeah, those are my five picks, Rod. How'd you like them? Uh, I thought they were great. I mean, I'm just looking at all my texts I'm about to send to Tyler, uh, our bookie. But, uh, Rube, since you're our guest, I'll let you go before me as well. Rip your five picks. I know you're fading one of our buddy Landed's, and you can explain uh, the fading process you're entering. Yeah, I'll take a couple of those, take a couple other picks here. Um, Starting at the top here, I'm going to take the Colts at the Titans. Um, I think the Titans' biggest strength is their run game, um, which is also happens to be the Colts' biggest strength is their run defense. Um, so I think they're going to be able to neutralize that a little bit. Um, Titans have been very up and down this year. Same with the Colts, but um, I'm going to lean Indy in this one. Um, second game, I'm going to go to the New York Giants at home against the Eagles. I think the Giants have looked actually pretty decent recently. Um, Carson Wentz still a shell of himself. Uh, I'm getting three, three and a half at home here. Um, I'll take the points with the Giants here. We go down the list here. I'm also on the Chargers here, similar to what Wits was saying. Um, kind of a little bit of recency bias. I think the Chargers are a lot better than their record says. Uh, Dolphins, I think, are a lot worse. Um, I think Herbert has shown that he's a little bit ahead of Tua in his progression at this point. Um, so I'll ride the quarterback, even though it's kind of a cross-country game here go down the board what else did i have um i am going to take the cardinals against the bills um i think the bills kind of are a little bit a little bit of recency bias here again with just them playing that seahawks defense who um the deerfield high school team led by xander a quarterback could uh put points up on at this point in the year Um, but I don't know. Go back to the Cardinals here at home. I think this is a pretty even matchup. Uh, I think it's kind of, kind of a coin flip here. Um, I'll take the Cardinals with the home field advantage. And then my last pick here is going to be, which is just kind of a fade of myself here. And also our friend Landon, um, I'm going to take the 49ers plus nine plus nine and a half. Um, no real reason. It feels like the Saints should be one that you hammer here, but you know, these games sometimes get played closer than you think. Um, I think the 49ers, if they can get the run game going, can kind of take the air out of the ball a little bit. Um, kind of easier said than done after seeing what they did against the Packers last week, but um, I'm going to go to the Niners here. I don't think they're as bad as the nine and a half says they are. All right. And uh, when you give Roz too much time looking at a gambling website, he throws in about $200 worth worth of bets. 
Um, so that is exactly what I just did with uh, with my bookie. Um, so my picks as it goes this week, I'm going to go against Rube on this one. I'm going Titans minus one. I don't think the Colts are that good. I'm still standing by that. Um, it is Phillip Rivers, and that guy can lose the game with the best of them. Um, I like the Broncos, plus five on the road against the Raiders. I think Drew Locke has been playing very well. Um, Jerry Judy's coming to his own. Um, I do like the Broncos to cover the points in that game. Everybody, we're, as Chris Boomer would say, we're all on the Chargers, plus two and a half. I like them as well. They're going to start winning games. They are a good team. Um, I don't think their record reflects how good they are. I'm also with Wits on the road dog coming off of a loss of Seahawks plus one. Um, and then who else do I have? I have the Detroit Lions for the first time in, I think, ever. I'm taking the Detroit minus four and a half in my the principle I had set for myself that you bet against the NFC East. Um, the NFC East seems to be playing themselves so often these days, but at a certain point they do have to play outside their division. This is going to be a bad one for the Washington football team as the Lions are in desperate need of a win as well. And then just those are the five, but if you want to hop on anything else, Browns minus three and a half, Vikings minus three, Ravens minus seven, all made it to my bookie um, for units I don't even want to discuss because I could be very poor come December um, as it's, it's shaping up to be that way right now. Um, what do you need to see this week in the NFL? What, what trends do you need? Who needs to play well? What teams need to play well? What's, uh, what's everybody's MO for week 10 in the NFL? Yeah, so I, I think one of the pretty crappy games, but this is, a, I think, a very important game for the Washington football team. I mean, at 2-6, and six, they are still very much alive in the NFC East, and you've got the Eagles and the Giants squaring off. So, I mean, you look at the Giants win this game, they'll be 3-7, and seven, the Eagles will be 3-5-1. and one. The Redskins are right there with the win, putting them to 3-6. and six. So in terms of a playoff picture, uh, very important game. Um, so I'm looking forward to Chargers-Dolphins. Just I think these are kind of two, two of the exciting teams that maybe aren't that great yet in the NFL. Um, and then also Bills-Cardinals could be an interesting game. Josh Allen, very up and down this year. And I think you could say the same thing about the Cardinals, you know, they, they have spurts where they look really good. They have spurts where they look really bad. Um, and then you get last week, which we were kind of somewhere in the middle. And uh, in terms of the spread, I'm interested to see how Joe Burrow performs against the Steelers team. Uh, like you said, Rod, Big Ben is going to be out. Um, so we'll see if Burrow can maybe come away with a surprise victory here uh, against the undefeated Steelers. Rube, anything from yeah, the week 10? a couple 10? games I'm looking at, so... Yeah, I mean, Colts-Titans, big division matchup. Um, I think the Titans are one game ahead of the Colts right now. Um, so if Indy can get that one, kind of gets them right back in that divisional race. Um, another game I'm interested in is the Bucks and the Panthers. Um, obviously, the Buccaneers coming off a pitiful performance last week, um, to say the least. Um, so kind of just seeing if that's a fluke or if that's more of things to come for the Bucks. Um, the Panthers should be a team that they can handle even on the road, but um, kind of we'll see how they look there. And one other game kind of looking at is the Raiders against the Broncos. I think the Raiders are a team that's kind of trending the right direction, uh, kind of showing some spurts. And if they're a real playoff contender here, I think they handle the Broncos at home. Um, but another game 
interested to see, especially with the Broncos kind of also turning around a little bit and their offense starting to get going um, a little more than it has in the beginning of the year. And for me, of course, it is the noon games for me, the 10 a.m. games. Um, Aaron Rodgers, the number one rated quarterback in the NFL right now with 117.5 for the rating, um, 24 touchdowns to two interceptions, 2,200 yards and, uh, and counting, um, with a completion percentage near 68%. Uh, this guy is going to go to Jackson or going to stay home against Jacksonville, beat them about, by about four scores. Um, give Russell a run for his MVP that everyone's so ready to give him. I mean, the guy's thrown eight interceptions, lost some key games. Um, Mahomes, not even first in his conference, so I don't even know what, I don't know where the room is to talk right now other than A-Rod as your next MVP. Um, so I'm going to be watching that one. And then Dalvin Cook, who is the number one rusher and number one fantasy player outside of quarterbacks um, in the league, just happens to be on my team as well. Um, I'm looking to tear apart the Bears this this Monday. Hopefully, I'll have already established a win, and there'll just be bonus points over Rube's dead fantasy body. Um, and uh, Wits, hopefully, gets his second fantasy win. That's really something I'm looking for in Week 10. I'd really like this guy who's 1-8, um, who <coughs> fell, off, fell off the pegs, just is, is picking himself back up. I'd like him to get up a notch this week. Take a W, go to 2-8, and eight, and uh, I think that's... I think that's my big thing for week ten because I know I'm gonna slaughter Rube, much like okay. much like a pig on a farm in Wisconsin. Much like everything that surrounds Lambeau Field, those farms, those beautiful pastures. What they do there is they slaughter pigs, and that is exactly what the fuck I'm about to do to Rube. Hey, I've got a lot better chance than I thought I'd have uh, about a week ago. You know it too. Um, that's kind of why you're lashing out here. Uh, but it is week ten, championship. Chips aren't one in week 10, so I'm really not that worried about it um, at this point. If you beat yeah. me, great. I mean, you one and one on the year against me. Seems like your Roz might be a team that might be peaking a little bit too early here. You know, we want to be catching our stride. Yeah, don't want that. And Roz might be, uh, as they say, blowing his load at just a little bit too early. So we, uh, we shall see what happens. I think we've all experienced the wrath of Christian McCaffrey and how when you have the number one player in fantasy, they play week in and week out and you don't have to worry about it. And with a, a lineup like mine, a trade that I just made this week, adding to that lineup, I think we're in a very prime and good position to get his, my first title. Um, and uh, it'll be the start of a dynasty. I think I'm about to rattle off about four and five seasons. And uh, that trophy, which is now currently named the Kevin Marsh Memorial Trophy, might just be named Roz is the greatest trophy. So... We'll see. I'm feeling good. It starts with beating Rube. Um, it starts with beating Xander next week again. Um, I, I'm going down championship row. They say it all the time. They're doing their champions dinner, but I got to play all three of the past champions in the next three you weeks. You want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And I've done it often. I haven't shown you can in the past. We'll see. This ain't a wild card early out. We're in week 10. We're just getting warmed up here at the Delvin and the Chipmunks Club. Um, so we could not be more psyched. I know you guys have no idea about our fantasy league, but if you don't, I don't even know how many people are listening anyway, so I don't care. I'm going to kick Rube's ass, which is one and eight, and I'm a king, so just remember that. Uh, that's been the opening line this week. No final words. I think I closed this out the exact right way. And uh, we'll catch you next week, everybody. This is the opening line. We like to keep the line
hit you with a repay. Yeah. You don't wanna stick around, believe me. Got me whipping on the relay. Sweating out in Venice is a heat wave. She ain't giving you no leeway. Yo, I just hit it on a weekday. To believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.